0: Anita and I drove up here today, and on the road, on Pharmacy Road, we saw two kingdom values being displayed on a, on a display. One was respect in a public school. Yes. The word is respect, and that's kingdom value. And the, and the Catholic school had the word hospitality. It's another kingdom value. So the kingdom is alive here and well in Scarborough. So it's a pleasure to be here and we're going to talk this morning about how to advance the kingdom through the marketplace as creative innovators now it's based on the scripture verse Romans 12 do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the song that we heard this morning we are a child of Jesus and no longer a slave to fear this is the fruit of Romans 12 of the renewing power of God baptizing us filling us with his Holy Spirit so that that stronghold of fear is gone Jesus took a bunch of ragtag disciples and apostles and empowered them with the Holy Spirit so at Pentecost beyond Pentecost it was never mentioned again that any disciple or apostle worked out of a spirit of fear. They worked out of a spirit of boldness, and 300 years, 12 individuals uh, were able to spread the gospel throughout the whole Roman Empire. You know, it's a miracle, marketplace miracle. So, we in a tra- in transforming our mind, we we're assuming that we are a spirit-filled Christian. So our spirit has been renewed. But it also means that our soul, our mind, our intellect, our emotion needs to be transformed and needs to be renewed and needs to be rewired with the kingdom DNA. So as has said, we're called to go into the world and preach the good news to all creation and go and make disciples of all nations. Collectively as church, we've done a pretty good job with the first command, but haven't done that well with the second command and we have seen that in the last hundred years christianity has retracted from the public square and we are now called to reverse that trend and take the kingdom back into the marketplace and advance the gospel as we have opportunity so that's one mind shift that our calling is not just for saving souls but we're actually called to disciple the nation of canada and take the kingdom into every place within this country so the second paradigm shift or mind shift is that the marketplace government education and business is the heart of the nation if you want to change the nation you need to go to its heart and if you want to change a person you need to speak to their heart the same thing with the nation we need to speak to the heart of the nation the nation business education and government has already been redeemed by the blood of Jesus amen to that everything has been redeemed by the blood it now needs to be reclaimed and Jesus and God uses us he chooses to use us to reclaim that what has been lost Jesus redeemed it he works through his body you and I to reclaim what has been lost we are his followers. So we had an incredible time of worship here this morning. Worshiping the Lord, receiving blessing, empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And this third paradigm is labor is our is the premier expression of worship on earth. And we all are ministers. We're pulpit ministers, we're worship ministers, we're ministers in the marketplace. Whatever you do. Do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. So what we do on Monday has as much relevance as what we do here this morning. Amen. 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 So, so in the world, we do our work and we can do it for various motivations. I can do it for my ego, my pocketbook, my pride, my power, my control. And I worship those idols and those gods as I function Monday to Friday. But God is calling us to do all of this for the glory of His name. Amen. So it's a whole different switch. You know, there's no sacred or secular Monday to Friday, it. it depends who you're worshiping. And that's an incredible shift in our mind and our thinking. So that leads us to the fourth concept our primary call is not to build the church but take the kingdom of God where the kingdom of darkness is still entrenched in order for Jesus to build his church I have a real sense that Jesus is building the church here in this place we we every time Anita and I come to a catch the fire meeting or a worship service it's like coming home we were first introduced to catch the fire in 94-95 and received a blessing at, at the airport, and it changed our life. 99, Anita was at a meeting at Catch the Fire and heard Ed Savoso speak, Dr. Ed Savoso. She said, Dirk, you got to come and hear this man. He's connecting the dots of our faith. We had walked a life and a journey of growing that in an understanding that we could pray for my work, and that God would give me new ideas for work based on prayer based on downloads of the Holy Spirit. But we were also very active in the church and very active in the workplace, and there was a big tension all the time. And because we saw the church as a place of, of our spiritual home and, and our spiritual activity, and, the, and work had a, had a lower priority than church did, Ed released it, that released in us the sense that Monday to Friday meant as much as Sunday. Come on. Okay. And that released us to function in a new way, and, and receive the joy in the Lord, Monday to Friday, and everything that we did. The next shift, okay, before I go to this, sh- this paradigm, so we have the power together as believers through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, to go into the darkest corners of this world. Amen. There is no corner too dark for a Christian to function because we have the ace in the hole we have the Holy Spirit in us the devil cannot withstand and overpower the presence of the Holy Spirit so when we call upon that spirit wherever we are and that empowerment whether it's a factory place it's a street or it's a it's a bar uh, downtown Toronto or wherever it may be God's presence is with us and we're called to take the kingdom into that place and God has called us to act as as two, wherever two or three believers are gathered. He declares his presence there, his authority there, and you and I are an ecclesia. We are an ecclesia, a gathering of believers and leaders. Each one of you is a leader, else you wouldn't be here. God has called you to be a leader, to be empowered with this Holy Spirit, to be a leader Monday to Friday. Yes. Okay, so. Wherever we are, Monday to Friday, we are an expression of this ekklesia. When I'm on the phone talking to a brother, and talking about spiritual issues, or work issues, or business deals, or employee situations, we invoke the kingdom. We are an Ecclesia. We call upon the power of the Holy Spirit. So you are an Ecclesia in your home, with your children, your street, your community, your job, wherever you are so going to the fifth pr- paradigm the premier indicator the, the performance indicator that will show us that we are functioning in obedience to God's calling in our life is the reduction of systemic poverty The Bible is full of statements and teachings on poverty and Dr. Ed Sivoso has, li- has identified there are four types of poverty first one which we're, we all know is spiritual poverty. People do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. But there are other forms of poverty that people suffer under. They suffer under relational poverty, very lonely. Our society has more lonely folks today than ever before. Even with the incredible influence of social media, loneliness is a real felt need in our society. And that leads to depression. So there's a real absence of relational richness in our society today. The church is a place of relational richness. Monday to Friday there are there's lots of relational richness but there's also lots of relational poverty. The the fourth one is material poverty. People don't have a living wage. They don't have a just wage. Minimum wage in this country is not enough to live on and it's an area of injustice. And the last uh, element of poverty, people le- uh, suffer from a lack of motivation. They have no hope. Jesus is a, is a source of all hope and we see people give up um, um, trying to better themselves, trying to explore their purpose, value, and destiny in life, and they just resign them to themselves to where they are. And uh, I, I, I heard someone speak yesterday that uh, we have 38,000 people in prison in Canada, and 80% of those folks have less than a grade 8 education. So we wonder, what is the source of poverty? Well, it's lack of motivation within families to have their children and teenagers get educated and then not be forced into activities which lead to imprisonment. So, so these levels of poverty and provision are apparent everywhere so those are um, sort of mind shifts that we have to go through go back to Romans 12 verse 2 and with that comes a change in lifestyle you and I are called to a lifestyle of Luke 10 Jesus gave us a model to live by when he sent out the 72 disciples he spoke to them very directly speak peace and blessing wherever you go to whoever you are in contact with so each one of you is called to speak peace and blessing in the lives of people that you connect with whether it's a Tim Horton server or it's a caregiver or it's a grocery store clerk or it's a worker in the desk next to you or on the factory floor wherever you are you're called to speak peace and blessing and these words have power these are the words of Jesus so When you speak those words, there's a spiritual release into someone else's life. So you can speak to anyone you meet. There's no criteria. Everyone qualifies to receive the blessing and the peace of Jesus. And for, you know, evangelism is a threat to many of us because we're not pulpit pastors, but these are words of evangelism. I brought a, a server in a restaurant to the Lord by speaking these words to her in four different occasions. Just God bless you. That was it when I paid my bill. And the fourth time she came back to two of us that were sitting at a table in a bar, and she said, are you guys religious? And we said, no, we're men of faith. Oh good, I can talk to you. And she said, ever since you've been telling me this or speaking this to me, I've been going home and going on the internet and I started reading the gospel of John and I started weeping and about the third time I did that I gave my heart to the Lord so I'm here to tell you I'm a follower of Jesus and now when I come into that restaurant and she doesn't work there anymore but when she did she would see me at the end of the hall and she would shout out God bless you Dirk and I know that she was doing it to the rest of her staff and probably to some of her customers So I've never had someone yell or scream at me for saying those three words. So when we speak blessing into people's lives, there's a spiritual uh, uh, activity that takes place. The Holy Spirit is at work. So each one of you is called to speak blessing into the lives of your family and everyone you're in contact with. So the next step that Jesus said, go into their homes and eat what they put before you it's a command to fellowship people that you are in contact with in terms of your circle of contact reach out invite them for a coffee have a meal have lunch most business deals are done over a meal because there's an innate knowledge that if we eat together trust So it's a marketplace principle have dinner have coffee have lunch and the deal will come together so we're called and it's a kingdom value and the world practices it without even knowing it's a kingdom value so God is releasing a kingdom value eat and sup with those you're in contact with just take that extra step let's have a coffee or bring your coworker a coffee you're blessing him with a cup of coffee it's an unexpected action so when you do that you end up dialoguing And as you dialogue, you'll end up understanding their felt need. And at this point, you haven't mentioned anything about Jesus. You just listen to their felt needs. I'm sick, or I lost my job, or my kid is in trouble. And you start to understand the felt need that they have in their life, whether they're lonely or depressed. And you can respond by saying, can I pray for that need? And most people will not turn down a free prayer. Okay, that's, that's been our experience. This is a freebie and it's very simple. God, can you bless Tom or Cheryl with, and answer this need that they have expressed. And it might not happen the first time you, do, you have fellowship with them. It might take a week or two, a month or two. But suddenly you're a street evangelist. All you're doing is praying for a felt need. It's very simple, very easy. And when that happens And over time you see answers to those felt needs only then declare that the kingdom and the power of the Holy Spirit is here. And they're open to it because it now is an experience, it's not an intellectual persuasion, it's a power experience of the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And then proclaim that this is Jesus working in your life. And you'll have openness to further the dialogue. And those folks then over time will say, well, can I learn more about this? And sure, we've got a place right here Sunday mornings where you can become equipped and powered and envisioned to do the same. And God is on the move. So if that happens, or we all are activated in that way in our daily work. We call this the, the banks of the river. So on one bank you have a mind shift. We are no longer slaves to fear, to apathy, to skepticism, no matter what it is. We have a new belief system, a new paradigm, a new habit of of understanding God's will for this world. And on the other side of that uh, river, there's a bank of lifestyle. I've changed my lifestyle to start blessing people wherever I am. So within those two banks, the kingdom or the river of transformation starts to flow. And you get focused as to what your calling is, and purpose, destiny, and value in your life. So suddenly you're operating in a whole new relevance with your faith moving from Sunday to Monday to Friday. And it's an amazing process. And I'll share a small story. I'm part of a global movement of of this move of God, taking the kingdom into the marketplace so we lead a group of leaders and pastors and business people ministry leaders in toronto it's called the gta leaders group and we meet once a month and we share with one another our own felt needs pray for each other and collectively are working out to what god can do in our lives so a pastor in new orleans um, knows about what we're doing here because i meet him at uh, meetings in california and said, can you speak to our group? We're starting to meet collectively as church and as marketplace leaders to change the spiritual climate in New Orleans. I said, sure. They interviewed me on Zoom. I shared my story, what Ramesh already shared here. And there was an intercessor in that group that had been praying for a part of the city that was inundated with incredible odor and smell from their landfill site. And she heard my testimony and saw it as a direct answer to prayer for her district where she was praying for this felt need that this landfill was destroying the quality of life and the health of people in part of the city. So suddenly there was a connection through an intercessor to address the felt need in their community. In two weeks Amita and I were down there, we met with the intercessors, the, the leaders, and we got introduced to the highest level of state government and leadership and we're now starting to implement a solution in that city. But the the interesting thing was the the key person I'm working with is a former police officer, 70 years old. He was involved in breaking down sex trafficking, uh, mafia gangs, like working in the darkest corner of that city and had recently become a believer. And I started sharing some of this stuff with him. He said, "No one's ever talked to me about this stuff that I'm doing like you are." I said, "You have been working as a kingdom person your whole life as a police officer, without really realizing it." And I just shared with him that the Holy Spirit is a source of all uh, creativity, excellence and integrity." And I said, "You're focusing on that and the evil one is a source of corruption, greed, power, and control." And he said, yes, I see those, those strongholds at work, and he said, unconsciously in my life I've been trying to bring integrity and creativity to everything that I do. And, and I said, you can pray for the people you're working with. And He didn't even know that he could pray for the chief executive of the the Jefferson parish that we were working with. He did not know that he could pray for those leaders. So he started praying for them and said, can I invite some of my other friends to these kind of meetings? Is there any pre-qualification? I said, no. So here was a guy that was activated in one or two hours of discussion. and The very next day, he was implementing this lifestyle in this paradigm shift in his life. It was an amazing experience of what God is doing. So God is at work in so many different ways. And I have a whole other PowerPoint. I'm not going to share that with you this morning. But it, I'll, I'll leave it with Ramesh. But it, it talks about how we are becoming uh, creative innovators, receiving divine downloads in our workplace to take the kingdom of God and come up with divine solutions to the challenges that we have in our world today. And those challenges are the, the concentration of power in the 0.1 percenters, or the concentration of wealth. They're dealing with anxiety, uh, financial stress, climate change, pollution. Any of these areas, corruption, you know, the biggest hindrance uh, to eliminating poverty in some of the countries I'm working with is corruption. It's not money its corruption people are paralyzed from exercising their entrepreneurial Holy Spirit gifting because of corruption and there's a passage in Corinthians 2 Corinthians 10 3 to 5 it said we have the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit to uh, demolish every stronghold that sets itself up against the knowledge of God so I always had been taught to take that in terms of my own moral life, my own spiritual life, but through some of the intercession teaching that Anita does, I started to suddenly realize to take that verse to apply it to the economy, to the marketplace, to government, to education. So there are strongholds within the economy, within education, within government that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God and you and I have the divine power of the Holy Spirit to demolish those strongholds and not only speak against them but I would rather not even speak against them I would just come with divine solutions inspired Holy Spirit solutions to address these problems and I'll quickly share the one story of an intercessor in Holland who had no experience in economy but the Lord said to her I want you to be activated in the economy of Europe. And she said, Lord, I don't get it. I don't have a clue. I'm not an economist. I'm not an accountant. So she started praying for herself that she would be divinely inspired by the Holy Spirit to understand economy and economics. And she did this for a period of time. And she ended up in meetings with the president of the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the president of the EU to address the financial and economic issues that are plaguing the EU and coming up with kingdom solutions for new ways of doing finance, for financing development within the EU, addressing the poverty in the EU, addressing migration issues in the EU. So God wants us to become thought leaders instead of thought reactionaries. Every one of you is a thought leader empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Okay? And and God is calling us to take back what has been lost and turn it over to his kingdom presence. So this applies in every job, every place. Who's heard of the Global Day of Prayer? We all heard it. It was started by not Graham Power, but by his secretary who prayed him into the kingdom. And Graham Power from South Africa started this global day of prayer that spread from South Africa across the entire world. But the key component was a secretary praying for his salvation. So every act of obedience, every act of kindness, every act of blessing for each one of us is an act of discipling this nation. Okay, No act of kindness is irrelevant. Kindness within your own family, blessing with your own family, you are discipling this nation of Canada by doing that. You are his ecclesia. Wherever two or three you are gathered, Jesus said, There I will be. We can call upon the presence of Jesus wherever we are, any corporate boardroom, workplace, you name it, the presence of Jesus is manifested there as you call upon his name. He yeah. comes by invitation. So, I would like to end by showing a very short video clip of the journey of my personal journey in the company that we have that sells the product that Ramesh had just talked about. Is it on the No, Jeremy just activated it. We've got this planned. <laughs> I started my companies based on a vision that I had when I was 18 years old. I was a Christian, but I did not know that God spoke to people through His Holy Spirit. And I was working for a government of Canada and taking soundings in a river next to a paper mill and I was taking the soundings in the river to dredge out all the material that the paper mill dumped into the river. My hands would come out with a rash, I'd see dead fish floating around, and a voice spoke to me as I looked up at the mill that said, I want you to be part of the solution, not the problem. And that gave me the vision to become an environmental engineer. And I took a master's program and was the first graduating class at Western University with a master's in environmental engineering. proceeded to work for a consulting firm and we went back and cleaned up the pollution that the paper mills were causing in the rivers and lakes around Canada. So God gave me the fulfillment of that word that he spoke to me as an 18-year-old. I learned a lot, had traveled all over the world, and in 1995 started my own consulting and engineering company and became an environmental expert focused on cleaning up environmental problems here in Canada and in many countries around the world. A scientist once told me, and he was a Christian fellow, that he said for every man-made contaminant God has a bacterial solution to return that contaminant to its created form. And I started to understand more and more how bacteria, living organisms, could be used to restore the creation to its intended purpose. God gave me an understanding on how to use different micronutrients to stimulate bacterial systems to do a better job to clean up pollution problems at a faster rate, and with more environmental benefits, and at a lower cost than what is currently available in the marketplace. We have been engaged by a large city to treat their sewage that's coming out of their wastewater plant. And the result is there's no more smell from the from the wastewater plant impacting the surrounding community. We have reduced the volume of sludge that comes from this plant that has to be taken to a landfill site. And we've reduced the operating cost of the wastewater plant in order to treat human waste that it receives. So we're blessing the creation, we're blessing the environment, and we're blessing the community with our initiative. So we are working with partners in Africa, and in Asia, and in South America to develop this technology and apply it to their systems. we partnered with UNICEF and our agent in Kenya,
1: testing in rural latrines. Now, a major issue in Kenya, in, in these rural areas, is open defecation, where, where there's no suitable place to go to the washroom. So people just go in the bush or in a secluded area. That's a, a major problem for several reasons. First of all, um, for health. When it rains, the runoff goes into the, the streams and it, it impacts drinking water. The uh, Second thing is you have insects that land on the waste and then land on, on, on the people's food. A third overlooked issue with open defecation and, and lack of private latrines is it impacts girls' and women' education. A lot of times girls will elect not to go to school because there's lack of privacy in the latrines. Uh, If someone follows them, they're vulnerable to to attack or abuse. The people who were responsible for the test took detailed observations and they found that where they they used our product in the latrines, it reduced the odors very significantly, reduced the amount of flies and insects that were present in the latrine, and then also it reduced the, the, the amount of sludge in the latrine, and the data showed even better
0: results than we anticipated. We are working with engineers in Russia. We're working with engineers in Ghana. We're working with engineers in India. Many of them are not Christian, but we are working with them on the basis of kingdom values. We're not selling a product. We're providing a solution to the challenges that they are facing in their community. Everything we do day to day is an act of worship. We're called to do everything as we would unto the Lord. That has changed how we function as an office and as a business. And as I started to grow in the transformation movement, the role of impacting my industry, my community, and my nation became more clear to me that in my specific calling in environmental improvement, that was the ministry what God called me to in transformation. So we meet every Monday morning for prayer with our entire staff in our offices. And some of the staff are Christian and some are not but there's an openness, uh, there's a participation, and we've seen the spiritual climate change in the office. Even the unbelievers in our office are saying to us, this is our second family. and God is blessing us with provision as we extend out and take kingdom risks to advance his kingdom in our day-to-day business. approach applies in any business, whether it's finance, manufacturing, this approach can be followed. And, and we've come to understanding you and I have the mind of Jesus. Scripture tells us that. Yes. Jesus already knows what a world looks like living in harmony with one another and with the very creation itself. We just haven't listened well enough and haven't acted enough on the on the incredible power that God has released in us through his Holy Spirit. So I'd just like to leave you with that thought. You know, and Anita and I, she leads the prayer in our office every Monday morning. So and I have other friends and companies in, in Toronto here that do heating and ventilating. They have paid intercessors on staff. They have a house of prayer in their office. People come to their office for healing. It's an ecclesia in the workplace. It, it's a church in the workplace. You know? if, it acts like a, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and walks like a duck, it must be a duck. So if a company is working in this kind of uh, paradigm it, and it, it prays, it, it heals, it healing taking place, it ministers, these are the signs of a church. God's ecclesia, not an institution, so the ecclesia is not limited only into the institution of church, but the, the, the ecclesia expresses itself in every gathering of people, everywhere, all the time. And and the kingdom of God is like a toonie. Okay, I use I use a toonie. Okay, toonie is it like a two-sided coin? On one side is the church. And on the other side is the marketplace. Join together in an indivisible partnership to bring transformation in the kingdom of God everywhere all the time. Okay, so that's what we're, we're aligned with. And that's why I'm so excited to work with Catch the Fire, not just here, but at, at the airport with John and Patricia uh, as they work all over North America. And God is bringing churches together, movements together, and marketplace folks together. Uh, two weeks ago I spoke the Chinese Christian business association of the GTA these are all Christian Chinese entrepreneurs that want to understand the relevance of the kingdom Monday to Friday so God is moving across the the streets of Canada the offices of Canada you know three weeks ago we had uh, Jesus in the city prayed who any of you who were there for the Jesus in the city prayed it was 10,000 people Forty worship floats going through the city for three hours, and the charge to, to to the group to the leader, and she's working on it now. This was a Saturday expression of worship in the city. Let's activate all the people that marched and that prayed. Their worship Monday to Friday. So then we blanket every workplace with worship, every relationship with worship. So there's a whole new understanding what God has called us so God bless all of you I'd like to do an impartation so if you want to uh, stand and receive an impartation for what God has called you to do yeah so neither you want to start
2: father we thank you that you know each one of us you know us intimately you know our family life Lord you know the life we, we live on our streets. You know us when we go to the doctor, when we go to the grocery store. You know us in our working lives. Father, in all of those places, in all of those relationships, come and be with us now. We impart to you now, as you stand here, what God has given to us An understanding that all of life is his that his kingdom moves with power and grace through us and so we impart that now to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit that creative life will start to flow through all of us father in all of our relationships in all of our activities and that your kingdom will advance Because the light of God that lives in your people and is released to the world, wherever they go, in the name of Jesus.
0: And Lord, will you empower each one of us as a creative innovator in our home, our street, and our workplace to come to you to receive your your release of the Holy Spirit that's already within us to come up with new ideas on how to do our job, how to relate to our co-workers, how to relate to our families, Lord. Give us divine inspiration, Lord, that we may be thought leaders, kingdom thought leaders to bring renewal and transformation to this great nation of ours, Lord. We know that we are in in an election at this time and there's all kinds of rhetoric, Lord. We pray that you will elect kingdom-minded folks to take the positions of members of parliament. And Lord, we pray for a release of your knowledge, your love, your thought, and your divine inspiration into government as we seek new leadership. And Lord, we, will you quicken every believer to pray that your kingdom people will be elected to the offices of this land. In Jesus' name we declare it, hallelujah, amen. amen.
3: Thank you, thank you. That's wonderful. How many people feel inspired by what you just heard? So good, so good. I tell you, if, if, I, were, if I were not called to this role right now, I'd be hanging with these guys full time. I mean not them necessarily, but that, that whole idea of trying to make a difference in the marketplace because that's where the action really is, I tell you. We're, anyway, I'm not going to preach because uh, wh- that's a fantastic, just a... a, a, a um, a fantastic explanation of who we were actually called to be as the church. So, Father, we just really ask that, that what's been shared to us tonight, uh, this morning, would really speak to our hearts deeply. Father, that we not just um, you know, we not just the idea of hearing a good message, but it actually moves us into Connecting with you and asking you to give us fresh ideas, fresh ways of how we can make a difference in our world, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods, with our friends, with our family. Lord, we rely heavily on you to lead us and to direct us. And so I pray for the Spirit of the living God to move upon our hearts, to stir us up. To remind us who we are in Christ. Because that's the starting point. We're filled with your spirit. And we're, and, we're, and we're meant to partner with you. To bring the kingdom wherever you lead us. So we ask for your help Holy Spirit. Make this live in our hearts. And cause us to be different and changed by this. For the good. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Bless you everybody. Have a great week.